0: Good morning and welcome to Current Radio. It's Saturday, January 6th. Today, we're looking at the United Launch Alliance and Astrobotic preparing for an early Monday liftoff to the moon and the timeline of Sam Altman's firing from OpenAI and the fallout. Plus, Netflix is reportedly considering adding in-app purchases and ads to games, and Nabla has raised another $24 million for its AI assistant for doctors. This coverage and more, up next. Welcome to Current Radio's technology station. Please enjoy today's selection of technology news. United Launch Alliance's Vulcan Centaur rocket is set to launch early Monday morning, carrying Astrobotic's Peregrine Lunar Lander. This could potentially be the first fully private spacecraft landing on the moon. Celeste, can you tell us more about this mission?
1: Certainly, James. If all goes as planned, the Peregrine lander will embark on a journey to the moon that will span about a month and a half with a planned landing on February 23rd. The launch had initially been scheduled for Christmas Eve, but was postponed due to ground system issues. Astrobotic CEO John Thornton has acknowledged the difficulty of landing on the moon's surface, but expressed confidence in the team's preparation and readiness for both the launch and landing.
0: It's not just United Launch Alliance and Astrobotic that have a lot riding on this launch, is it?
1: That's right, James. This launch will also mark the first time Blue Origin's BE-4 rocket engines will take flight on Vulcan's first-stage booster, after years of delays. Plus, it's the first mission as part of NASA's Commercial Lunar Payload Services Program, or CLPS, which has awarded hundreds of millions of dollars to encourage private development of moon landers. For this mission, Astrobotic was awarded $79.5 million from NASA in 2019.
0: So what can we expect from this mission once the Peregrine lander reaches the moon?
1: Astrobotic plans to land Peregrine near a region of the moon known as the Heisen domes. The lander will be delivering a number of NASA payloads and scientific instruments aimed at better understanding the lunar environment. In addition to the NASA payloads, Peregrine will also be delivering around 15 non-NASA payloads, including a rover from Carnegie Mellon University and a robotic project called Coleman from the Mexican Space Agency.
0: This is certainly a significant event. And this is just one of many lunar launches planned for 2024, isn't it?
1: Indeed, James. Other lunar launches slated for 2024 include Intuitive Machines' IM-1 lander, Japanese firm ISPACE's second lunar mission, and Firefly Aerospace's Blue Ghost Lander. With such a lineup, it's highly likely that 2024 will be the year that a private company lands a spacecraft on the moon for the first time, and the first time an American entity has gone to the lunar surface since 1972.
0: That's certainly something to look forward to, and we'll be keeping a close eye on these developments. Now, in a surprising turn of events, Sam Altman, the former president of Y Combinator, was fired as CEO of AI startup OpenAI, followed by the resignation of the company's president and co-founder, Greg Brockman, and three senior OpenAI researchers. Celeste, can you provide some insight into this?
1: Certainly, James. It's a complex situation that's still unfolding. OpenAI, known for its AI projects like ChatGPT and Dolly 3, has been in a state of flux. The timeline of events begins with Altman's firing, followed by a series of resignations, including that of Brockman and three senior researchers. There's been a lot of back and forth since then, with talks of Altman returning as CEO, board tensions escalating, and even employees threatening to resign.
0: That's quite a lot to take in. What led to this upheaval?
1: The exact reasons are not entirely clear yet. However, it's reported that before his ousting, Altman attempted to push out board member Helen Toner due to a paper she co-wrote that he perceived as overly critical of OpenAI. This, among other issues, seems to have contributed to the current predicament. There's also been mention of a breakdown in communication between Altman and the board.
0: And what's the status of OpenAI now? Are there any indications of what the future holds for the company?
1: There's been talk of a potential merger with Anthropic, another large language model developer, but that offer was quickly turned down by Anthropic's CEO. In the meantime, Emmett Scheer, the co-founder of Twitch, has been appointed as interim CEO. It's also worth noting that Microsoft, a major investor in OpenAI, has chosen a non-voting board observer. The situation is still very fluid, and it's unclear what the final outcome will be.
0: It's certainly a situation to keep an eye on. And speaking of evolving situations, Netflix, the streaming giant, has been offering mobile games to its subscribers for two years now. With over 75 mobile games developed, it seems that Netflix might be exploring ways to generate revenue from its gaming business. Celeste, could you elaborate on this?
1: Certainly, James. According to a report by the Wall Street Journal, Netflix has been discussing potential monetization strategies for its games, including in-app purchases, premium pricing for certain titles, and even placing ads on games for subscribers on its ad tier. These strategies are quite common in the mobile gaming industry, which is expected to see consumer spending of over $111 billion by 2024.
0: But didn't Netflix previously dismiss the idea of ads and in-game payments during an earnings call in 2023?
1: Yes, that's correct. Netflix co-CEO Greg Peters stated that they wanted to offer a differentiated gaming experience where game creators could focus on player enjoyment without worrying about monetization through ads or in-game payments. However, it's important to remember that company plans can change.
0: That's true. Netflix has reversed its stance before, like when it launched an ad-supported tier and started cracking down on password sharing after losing thousands of subscribers in 2022. Could this be a similar situation?
1: It could be, James. Netflix's growth has been stagnant since the beginning of 2023, and they've even had to lay off 3% of their workforce. They've also increased their subscription prices, with the premium plan now costing $22.99 per month for new US customers. Monetizing their gaming business could be a way to generate additional revenue.
0: Speaking of gaming, Didn't Netflix post a job listing for a game director to work on a AAA PC game? Those can be quite expensive to develop, can't they?
1: Indeed, James. AAA games can have development budgets of $200 million or more, according to the UK Competition and Markets Authority. Netflix has reportedly discussed charging money for their future high-budget games. Analysts have estimated that Netflix has spent approximately $1 billion on acquiring gaming studios and investing in its gaming business.
0: That's quite an investment, and it will be interesting to see how Netflix's gaming venture evolves and whether they decide to monetize it. In other funding news, Paris-based startup Nabla has raised a $24 million Series B funding round, led by Cathay Innovation and Zbox Ventures. The company has been developing an AI copilot for doctors and medical staff, essentially a silent work partner that takes notes and writes medical reports. Celeste, could you tell us more about this?
1: Certainly, James. Nabla's AI co-pilot uses speech-to-text technology to transcribe consultations, whether they're in-person or telehealth appointments. After the consultation, the AI uses a large language model refined with medical data to identify key data points such as medical vitals, drug names, and pathologies. It then generates a thorough medical report within a minute or two, complete with a summary of the consultation, prescriptions, and follow-up appointment letters.
0: That sounds like a significant time saver for medical professionals. How does Nabla ensure the accuracy of these reports?
1: The AI is designed to be highly accurate, but physicians still have the final say. They can edit reports before they're filed in their electronic health record system. The goal here isn't to replace doctors, but to help them save time on administrative work so they can focus more on patients. The CEO of Nabla, Alexandra Lebrun, likens it to automation for autonomous vehicles. We're currently at level two, with level three clinical assurance support coming soon.
0: Interesting analogy. What about privacy concerns? How does Nabla handle sensitive patient data?
1: Nabla is very aware of the sensitive nature of the data it handles. It doesn't store audio or medical notes on its servers unless both the doctor and the patient give their consent. After a consultation, the audio file is discarded and the transcript is stored in the electronic health record that doctors are already using for their patient files. The company focuses more on data processing rather than data storing.
0: That's reassuring to hear. And how has the reception been so far for Nobla's AI Copilot?
1: It's been quite positive. NABLA is already being used every day by thousands of doctors, mostly in the U.S., following a rollout across the Permanente Medical Group. The company is also on track to process more than 3 million consultations per year in three languages, which should help it improve rapidly thanks to real-world data.
0: That's impressive, and it's fascinating to see how AI is transforming various sectors, including healthcare. All right. That wraps up our stories for today on Current Radio, and we look forward to bringing you more updates tomorrow.